Welcome to another transformative episode of Meltdown to Mastery. I'm your host, Jane Marchiandi, and today we have the privilege of diving into the bigger picture with the remarkable Udo Erasmus, the creator of the renowned Udo's Choice Essential Oils. In part one of this enlightening discussion, we unraveled the subtle differences between a meltdown and total mastery. Join us on a journey of self-discovery as we explore the profound questions. What is our purpose? What gives us life, true purpose, and meaning? Udo Erasmus, a true luminary in the world of wellness and the mastermind behind Udo's Choice, guides us through the exploration of what fills us up instead of draining us and what provides genuine connection to all that is. Get ready for insights that transcend the ordinary, paving the way for a mastery that goes beyond mere survival. Welcome to Meltdown to Mastery, empowering women to overcome midlife crisis by rewiring the subconscious mind. Feeling overwhelmed, disillusioned, stuck? We all have. Here we explore inspiration, and empowerment to navigate through the tough times and move to a place where hearts soar, minds manifest, and bodies heal. Welcome to the show, Udo. Hi, glad to be on. Excited to have you. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the bigger picture first, and then maybe you'll get into some of your knowledge about essential fatty acids. But I love your viewpoint on what is the difference between a meltdown and mastery. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know, I I was thinking about it because you you call it meltdown to mastery. And I said, wow, what a good, what an incredibly good title. Meltdown to mastery. Well, what is meltdown? So I end up thinking, well, what's meltdown and what's mastery, right? So what is a meltdown? A meltdown happens when I focus on something that changes and then decide that I don't want what changes to change. So I'm trying to get constancy or solid foundation from something by that by nature thus isn't a solid foundation. And then when it changes and I lose control because I never had control, then I freak out, <laughs> basically, right? Yes. And so what is the, and, and it's a matter of focus. So I'm focusing on things that change. I ignore that they change. And then I want to get stability from them. Well, that's never going to work because it never works, because it can't work, <laughs> because that's not how it is. But there is something that is stable that you could that I could focus on. And the stability that I'm looking for in the world when I'm ignorant or ignoring something, the stability I'm looking for is actually within me. It's not in my mind. It's not in my body. It's not in my emotions. It's not in my thoughts. But there is a core in my being that is all-encompassing peace that is a focus, that is a a center for an all-encompassing peace that goes from that core of my being all the way out to infinity. We live in a university whose foundation of everything, the galaxies and me and all the people in the world and the babies and the plants and the flowers and the trees are 
are built on a foundation of an un sorry, all-encompassing peace. And that peace isn't real as a word, but it is real as a feeling, as an experience. So what I need to do then, if I want stability and foundation, I need to go to core, because that's where it lives in me. That means I need to bring my focus, which is usually out in the world, watching all the things that change and trying to maneuver through them, or my head that's always changing, because I change my mind about things all the time. And that's part of, that's an important aspect of living in a world of change. I need to bring a focus out of the world, out of my thinking, deeper into my being, into the core. And that takes practice. And most of the time we don't practice. But I can tell you that overwhelm or uh, what, what did you call it? Melt, meltdown. Meltdown <laughs> or meltdown or heartache are actually in their essence not what triggered it because we have triggers for it right there's and we have hundreds of words for for heartache that's triggered by somebody dumps you or you lose your job or somebody promises to do something and they don't so there's lots of triggers for it or somebody dies you know so we have lots of triggers for it and lots of words because we Describe heartache by the word that triggered it, but the trigger is not the cause. The cause of heartache is my disconnection from myself. And that disconnection began when I was born into the world, and my senses took me out into the world to get to know it because I have to maneuver through it. And in that process, I went from being present inside in my focus in my awareness and absent outside to be being present outside and absent inside. See, when I was in my mother's body, there was no, nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. Everything was taken care of and it was pretty safe. And so I hung out in that place. It was like the boring, the most boring possible situation you could imagine. Nine months. I spent nine months in total boredom, and I wasn't bored. I had no thoughts. I had no language. I didn't know what a mother was. I didn't know a world existed. I didn't have to breathe. When I had to pee, I just peed into, <laughs> into my little Buddha tank. I call it the Buddha tank, right? Right? And so I was just floating, and sometimes you see pictures, and a little, little fetus is in there, and you see a little smile on its face. You know, it's like, and I was just hanging out. And I was in deep meditation because there was no place for my focus to go. So it was at rest inside, in its source, in life, and beyond that, in awareness. We're in peace, where that peace is. And so I spent nine months in that place. So it's not like this is, this is not a foreign place. When you sit down and you do a stillness practice and you meditate or practice self-knowledge or whatever you call it, uh, um, you know, there are other, other words for it, mindfulness, right? What you're doing is you're going back to a place that you 100% recognize because you spent nine months in that place. 
you're a master yogi. <laughs> even, even if you were preemie, premature, born prematurely, so whatever it was, six months, five months, eight months, seven months, you were in perfect peace. And then on top of that, your life, the energy that keeps you alive, is a is a condensation of that of that field of that peace of that awareness according to the physicists and the energy that keeps you alive is a fraction of solar energy you know that was filtered through 93 million miles of space then filtered through the atmosphere then filtered through molecules in plants and then whatever fraction remained was stored in bonds between atoms to make molecules and you ate those molecules as food and those molecules were absorbed into your cells and in your cells those bonds got broken and that solar energy fraction got released and now you call it life and that solar energy fraction is the master in your body it weighs nothing but runs everything powers everything is unconditional empowering love for your body has no other purpose than to do what it can to make you with a slight amount of help from you in terms of what you eat and how, how you walk and you know how you move and and you know what whatever whatever is your lifestyle will determine how well life can do its can express its unconditional empowering love through your body and then the third thing is this is all internal right that energy uh, is the master in fact its message to your body this is the central message of life to your body is the same message of the great masters to humanity which is i am come not to judge but to love I am come not to judge, but to love. That's the essential nature of life energy in your body. And in fact, your individual essence is not the body, but that life energy. So you, your nature is unconditional, empowering love, a flow of unconditional, empowering love. That love shines because it's energy. And it's shine into the world is I call that inspired purpose. That's the positive, creative, genius part of mind. And its only interest is to help. And there's a life. You're, you live in perfect peace as unconditional empowering love, shining help into the world. Okay? Now, is, is that where our focus is? Well, not most of the time. But would it be a good focus? Yeah, because there's no burnout there. There's no uh, meltdown there. There's no freak out there. It is actually it's unbelievably good. That's you. That's who you are, right? But do, how well do we know ourselves? Well, we came into the world and we got into the world and we kind of, what do they say? We gained the world and lost our soul, lost our connection to ourselves, right? And it's that disconnect that's calling you home. Heartache, say, is, heartache is, the, is the 
is that heartache is the call for your focus to come back home to your own magnificence as a human being, as a creature, as a life, as peace. That's what heartache is, right? When you're, you know, and that's what meltdown is too. Meltdown, meltdown is, is what happens. You're focused on something. You try to control it. You can't control it because it, you cannot control what cannot be controlled. That is always changing and not in your control. And then you have a meltdown because, ah! right? Yeah. Then you have a meltdown. But the meltdown is like the heartache. The meltdown is your, uh, is your indicator. It's your symptom that you need to find the place where you have control that doesn't change, where you can rest, where you can be okay. Because by nature, you are. That's always within you. It never changes. Even though your focus goes out into the world, the peace never leaves you. The unconditional love never changes. The inspiration of that never changes. Just your focus changed. And where your focus goes is what, what becomes your reality, your, what becomes your lived reality. Right? So you focus on, you focus on the world of change. You know, it's like, you know, I have a cherry tree outside my, outside my window. I don't want it to lose its leaves and fall. Right? Well, good luck with that. <laughs> right? So all the leaves are gone. There are no leaves on my cherry tree, right? But if I set up to try to control something that is not controllable by me, then I'm setting myself up for freakouts, mm -hmm. for burnouts, for, um, you know, for pain for discomfort, for uneasiness, for dis-ease, right? And so, so and, and I, one of the things that happened in the last few years, COVID, you know, and the lockdowns, honestly, what an incredible gift. You know, no matter what, whether you're pro-vax or anti-vax or, or you think people took advantage of you or no matter what your, what your thing is, there is one incredible gift that came out of COVID. And I hear it all the time now, more and more people realize they got, they, they got their distractions taken away, right? Because couldn't travel and blah, 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 you know? So uh, they had to sit down and say, okay, well, if I can't be in my distractions, like, <laughs> you know, usually you wouldn't even think about it. We're just distracted and we're just following it and everything's good, right? They say, okay. I can't do what I thought I wanted to do, but what can I do? And, and a lot of people turned more inward because, like I would say, hey, if you can't go outside, go inside, right? There's still a place for you to be, you know, and being outside is not more important than being inside. It's just sometimes you have the option to go outside but you always have the option to go inside and no one can ever, ever, ever take it away from you. And that's how powerful that is. And then you live in your power, even if you have restrictions on the outside and you have tons of restrictions anyway, you know, it's not like we're not free, not really. We're free to focus. Focus is free, 
but you know you have to pay taxes and you you know you you have to wear clothes when it gets cold outside and you know so we're not free you know the way we think about it, can do anything i want with whoever i want whenever i want no that's that's not freedom that's license because because uh actions have consequences whatever you do has consequences you're not free of those consequences you know if you if you hit yourself on the head with a hammer there's a consequence right <laughs> you know as a stupid example right but the consequence will be your head's going to hurt right so you're not free to do whatever you want whenever you want with whoever you want that's a that's a it's almost like a it's almost like a like a pipe dream imposed on you to get a, a knee knee jerk reaction out of you patriotic reaction you know i live in the true north strong and free you know we got it in canada right and wherever you are in the us it's uh what is it land of the free home of the brave is that yeah right and uh and free so we have some freedoms that some other people don't have but we're not free other than we're free to focus on whatever we want to focus on nobody can control that only you can control where you focus you want to, you want peace in your life then you need to focus on peace you want love in your life then focus on love don't expect it from outside if you haven't found it inside because you are love by your nature right and it's 100% fulfilling when i feel the care that life has for me you know i become really it's life my life is really easy because to me the purpose is to be fully present in this gift that i only get for maybe 100 years if i'm lucky right i didn't exist for billions of years before that after I, after the body checks out i'm not going to exist for billions of years right now i got this this i got the whole package this is the gift so what is the purpose to be fully present in all of it to experience the wonder of being a human being the experience you know everything dancing and laughing and crying and you know even the meltdowns are part of the joy of being human in a way right mm-hmm. if you look at it within the big picture so we have that and so purpose one and by the way if i don't enjoy being present in the space my the my body occupies you can't enjoy it for me so it's a wasted gift i can't enjoy the gift you have for you so if you don't enjoy it you're wasting your gift so this is purpose one purpose two when you when you when you do that you feel so cared for and so content that you look around and say well what is what 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 is there to do well the only thing left to do is to help and then your life becomes really easy because literally the deeper you go the more fully present you are the more gifts you have that you can help with and the easier it is to help and it isn't like i'm going to help so that i get some that's what happens when we're discontent then we're like what can i do to get me myself taken care of and we'll do really crazy 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 things destructive things mean things you know uh criminal things uh atrocious things if we think that by doing those things 
we will somehow get feeling cared for. You know, and if something, if normal doesn't do it, then we'll do something abnormal, right? When I, so I'm always looking, and I, I spent years like that. And I had this anxiety thing. What can I do that'll get me taken care of? And I wouldn't do things that needed to be done because I couldn't see how they would take care of me. So it was always about me getting taken care of. Me, 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 me. And now it's like, okay, I feel whole. I feel cared for. It's not about me anymore. What need, you know, where can I help? What needs to be done? And how can I make the biggest splash for good in the time that I have? What a change. What a change. I started when I was 30. It finally, it finally hit me that, that I needed, that something was missing in me, that heartache was calling me to something. Because heartache is very powerful because it takes you out of your head. It grounds you and makes you simple. And then you're that far. If you sit with heartache, that's what I recommend, right? When you get heartache, don't look for it. <laughs> don't worry. It'll come to you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe four times a day, <laughs> right? When you feel heartache, don't, you know, we try, we don't like it. So we distract ourselves from it or we ignore it or we try to explain it away or we, um, we deny it or we blame it on somebody. You know, oh, all those immigrants or whatever it is, that, whatever it is, that is the thing to blame it on. So we blame it on somebody and what, and, and that doesn't help because that's not what heartache is. Heartache is your call home. So what, I, what should you do? Sit with it. That's what I say. When you, when you feel heartache, sit with it, but sit with it quietly. Just feel it. Just let it be there. Don't. Judge it. Don't try to push it away. Don't try to rationalize it. Just feel it. It's just, it won't kill you. You might have some tears, maybe. Just sit with it and feel it and accept it and acknowledge it and maybe even appreciate for the power it has to bring you home to yourself. And when you sit with heartache, less than a hair's breadth behind that heartache, is your reconnection that brings you back to your wholeness. So heartache is actually the greatest gift we've been given other than being alive. It's like thirst for water makes water relevant. Hunger for food makes food relevant. The need to breathe makes breathing relevant. The need to pee makes the toilet relevant, right? Heartache makes stillness practice. To, f to get in touch with yourself, to discover the beauty of your own existence, relevant. Just, as, just a need, a need for human beings. And imagine 8 billion people knew that and sat with it and found their connection. That would solve pretty much every problem on this planet because all of the problems that we've created come out of discontent that comes from our disconnect connection that leads to destructive activity. And that's the, within, you know, to ourselves, to others, to nature, to the world. Beautiful. And that heartache <clears throat>
can be seen as a gift. Many call it the dark night of the soul, you know, when you return to your soul and return to your purpose. Yeah, the dark night of the soul. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's called tons of things. It's like emptiness, longing, striving, grief, sadness, sorrow, uh, blues, heartbreak. Uh, You know, there's so many disappointment, want, need, hope, even prayer, right? It's all about uh, what has to happen for me to be okay again. And the truth is you're okay behind your disconnection from yourself because your focus wandered off into the world. And by the way, that's a natural, normal, necessary process for human beings. You know, this is like, like, this is not, you did something wrong. No, no, this is a natural, this is the part of, this is the journey. And then recognizing the value of heartache is part of the journey. And then sitting with heartache, part of the journey. And then discovering that just right behind the heartache is that connection that you had in your mother's womb. Paradise regained, (laughs) if you want to put it that way, right? The, the, The prodigal son returns home. The hero slays the dragon. The dragon is heartache, you know, always some form of heartache. And, and the dragon is, uh, is protecting a treasure, is defending a treasure. The heartache is the dragon that defends the treasure of peace, contentment, love, and uh, inspiration. And so then the, the hero overcomes, that's maybe not a good word for it, you know, finds a way through the, the, you know, the dragon, slays the dragon, finds the treasure, and then brings that treasure, which is always love of some kind, back to the community. Do you know, it's like, this is like every human being's journey. Yeah. You know, the angel with the flaming sword, you know, that apparently is supposed to prevent your return to paradise. No, nobody said you couldn't just walk into that angel. Nobody said the angel is going to kill you. They say it's protecting the treasure. It's protecting paradise. You know, you got booted out. Your birth was the boot out from paradise, <laughs> right? Well, when you get when you get to the when you get to the angel with the flaming sword, just keep walking. The door to paradise is open, right? But it's a it's a journey of focus. It's not a journey of you know, it's not a it's not a verbal journey. It's not oh, you got to forgive and oh, you got to repent. What uh, what does all that mean? You know, we've put all of these definitions on it. No, no heartache, heartache. You know, what is the what is the sin? Sin means missing the mark. Mm-hmm. If the mark if the mark is being present in your own space, then sin is when you're not present in your own space, right? And it, it doesn't. It's you know, sin is not a judgment. Sin is just an observation. You know, missing the mark. Yeah. The mark is it. You're the. You're something is in you is divine. Something in you is is, you know, is un is formless and indestructible. Something in you can never die, can never get sick, can never lead you astray. Right. Mm. That's how we are. We're like we're like you know we're part of the divine creation. Everything the plants, the animals, the creatures, solar energy, sun, 
You know, it's all part of the divine creation. And we are just as much part of the divine creation as anything else is. Same, smaller size than an elephant, <laughs> you know, but just as divine, <laughs> right? Isn't it interesting, the challenge as humans, because we come in knowing this, like you say, in the womb, yet the first thing, as soon as we're born, we look outside ourselves for survival and yeah. and for someone <clears throat> to love us, which is our mother, right? So immediately we're programmed to think it's outside yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Well, it's not like we're programmed. <clears throat> so when we come out, you know, everything isn't taken care of anymore. Like it's a it's a shift. It's a it really it's a boot out of paradise. It's a mm -hmm. it's like a big shift, and you have to go outside because you have to get to know the world, and that is for survival. Even though you're not going to survive, right? Because you know survival is you know we're terminal. We're ter terminal creatures. The fact we were born means one day we're going to go, right? So even though <clears throat> so, but it's a natural process, and the the trees. Don't do that. The trees never get born. You know, the trees are just like, they're always in their own space. They're focused, doesn't wander outside. Mm -hmm. Animals, their focus wanders outside. So like a dog, I'll chase a rabbit, right? So it'll go outside, but then when the rabbit gets away or after he eats the rabbit, whatever happens, you know, the dog goes back into its own space. And what humans do, and this is our, the gift curse of human beings, is that we go, we start where everybody starts, where every creature starts. Then we go out, and instead of coming back to our core, our heart, our, our energy, our life, we go into our head. And then we, ha then we, so we, ha we live in two worlds. We live in one manufactured word that's world that's made out of words, and, and the other one is the natural world. And we mostly live because we get educated, you know, and people tell us, and these people are people who themselves lost their way and never found their way back. And so these are our trainers, our teachers. And so we learn what they learned, and we miss what they missed, right? And that means it's a little harder to find your way back in this kind of a world than it would be if everybody was enlightened and uh, was living from that place. But that just means that just means it's uh, you got to be a bit bit more of a hero, you know. It's still possible because it exists within you. Come hell or high water, it never leaves you. Even in your darkest hour, I will not abandon you. That's a quote from Krishna, you know, the master in 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 Hindu religion. And but based on experience, even in your darkest hour, the peace and the love. And the inspiration never leave you, just your focus wanders off. So it's always there. You know, what you're looking for out there, you will find in here. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's the cosmic joke. You know, I, I came out of a war, so I was a very shy kid. And uh, in 1964, I realized through a psychedelic experience, I laughed and cried. I was rolling on the floor, laughing to Mozart music, you know, and it just struck me as the funniest thing that everything that I was so studiously looking for outside was all present already inside of me. Mm. I was like, that, that sort of blew my, the door off my 
war baby personality. It's like, oh my God, every anything is possible. I, there's a thousand ways I could live. How do I want to live? And then it took me a while to sort that out. But it was always there. You know, and whatever it takes to find your way back to that. You know, and sitting with heartache, I think is is the core of it. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay that your heart hurts. It's okay that it's your driving force. It's really okay to understand that it's your greatest gift because it if it wasn't for heartache, you would get lost and never find your way back. So it's calling you and it calls you and it calls you and it calls you again and again. And you put your you put your hope into things that end all the time in relationships, in jobs, in ways of people liking you and all, all of the things that we put our hope in that will give us, you know, I want job satisfaction. No, no, no. Job satisfaction doesn't exist. The job satisfaction you want is the satisfaction you need to bring into the job. There is no such thing as a job satisfaction, except in a mental sense, you know, that you can cook it up in your head. But a job is just a job. You know, you move one thing, you move something from one place to another, you put thoughts on paper, you know, whatever it is, that's just transaction. Where's the satisfaction in the transaction? There is none. The satisfaction is in you. And when you say, oh, yeah, okay, I, 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 because I have to do this, I'm going to like doing it. Oh, that's when the satisfaction begins. Right? Very different from like, but we've been led to believe, oh, job satisfaction. Oh, you know, if you do this and that, then you'll have job satisfaction. Not guaranteed. Satisfaction is another word for contentment. So job satisfaction, you know, it's like you're looking for what's inside, outside. <laughs> right? That's what job satisfaction is. Mm -hmm. And then and then one day has one day your boss boss has a bad day and then you have no job satisfaction. Right? So if your job job satisfaction is based on something outside of you, then it can't be guaranteed. You know, I how how about this happiness? I'll be happy when everybody loves me. Well, when that's gonna well, when is that ever gonna happen? Well, it's never going to happen. Okay, I will, I will never be happy because I'm making my happiness depend on something outside that I've defined, made up actually, instead of recognizing that happiness is a state of being that exists within me and I can go there anywhere I want, no matter what's going on. But it takes practice to bring the focus to it. Yeah. So I would say every day, make some time for stillness practice. Practice, 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 practice. I'm pretty good at it now. I'm not perfect. I'm still a work in progress, but I've been doing it for over 50 years. And I started in a war. You know, well, we're, we're, we don't know. We're going into war space now, right? Why? Because between the First and Second World War, the people in Europe did not practice peace, the peace that's within them. If they had, there wouldn't have been a Second World War. Now we've been 80 years since that war. And nobody's practiced peace. That's why we don't have peace. And then people come up with crazier and crazier ideas. And the social system gets crazier and crazier. And then people freak out. And then they do more crazy stuff. And the truth is, we need as a nation, as a human race, we need to make time for peace. And we only make time for making weapons and using weapons and 
war, 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 war. And we, in fact, we're stupid enough to say that peace is the absence of war. No, that's a ceasefire, you know, and with, mm -hmm. after the ceasefire, often people hate each other as much as it did before. Well, the hate only goes away when we find the peace inside. Right. It's a shift in consciousness. Totally. Shift in focus. Yeah, I say shift in focus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember um, one day going through a tough time and and at the at one point i just decided to talk to the universe and say well here i am how can i help and just opening my heart and i had this huge sense of love just just embrace me and i thought i'm really on to something there and i know you mentioned it as one of the most important things cuz we each have this gift to give right so maybe just expand on that a bit more yeah, I just got the chills when you talk this story, you talk to the universe, right? <laughs> yeah, because who should you ask for, you know, in terms of like, expert? Life is your expert. Life knows how to make a body work for a lifetime, right? Why aren't you talking to life? It's with you all the time. Life is the leader <laughs> of the world. Right? Because life does everything in the plants, in the microbes, in the animals, in the humans, right? Life runs the show. Why are you? Why am I asking a guy in Ottawa how I should live my life? He doesn't even know how to run his own life. You know, why, you, why are you asking somebody in, in Washington, D.C. how you should let, live your life? They don't even know how to run their own life. Right? So, so in, in that sense, we could all be following the same leader and have personal direct access to that same leader 8 billion people in every place on the planet no matter what the race is the culture is the nation is you know the belief system is the biology is the same and the leader is part of the biology and the leader is life which is the bio part of biology Right. So, but I didn't. I didn't respond to what you were wanted me to enlarge on. <laughs> well, just the question, like when you ask, "How can I help?" When how can I be in yeah. service? Right. That's yeah. such yeah. an important piece of it. Yeah. You, you touched on it before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the thing is, yeah. And I actually, before I I was doing this, I was listening to Tony Robbins doing a live event. You know, the question is. Uh, you know, and he's big on service, you know, serving, serving people. And it's like a biblical concept, I guess. Uh, you know, helping is, is sort of the street language thing of service, right? So, uh, the, the, and, and people say, well, I'm trying to find my purpose, right? What is my purpose? I can't find my purpose. I hear I am and I can't find what my purpose is. Well, yeah, where are you looking for your purpose? If you're looking in your own mind, it's not there. If you're looking in the world, it's not there in terms of understanding it. There may be lots of, lots of things that would be purposeful if you didn't. But it doesn't tell you what your purpose is. So where is your purpose? Well, your purpose is inside of you. When you get into the peace and you get into the love and you get into the inspiration, you will see your purpose. And the purpose simply defined is I'm here to help because I'm okay. Because it's not about me anymore. I'm taken care of. Life is taking perfect care of me. 
through all my dramas and all my traumas, life is taking perfect creed. Through all my meltdowns, you know, while I'm melting down, life is taking care of me, right? Making my heart beat and making my bladder fill and making, you know, making making the folic acid molecule that a cell next to my ankle needs, delivering it, right? And making digestion work and making, you know, making the brain work, even the brain, because dead people, you know, dead people don't have freakouts, right? So even when I have a meltdown, it's still making it's still making everything work, including the meltdown. The meltdown happens in perfect peace and in unconditional love, right? But I may not be focused on that. And so the, the impulse to help is all that's left to do when I feel cared for. And then what form does that help take? Whatever emerges, right? Whatever emerges. I saw a couple on a sidewalk. I, I go up for my tea every day. I go out just for a walk, get some tea, right? So there's this couple, and they got a map of the area that where I live. And they're turning the map upside down. And it was really clear. They didn't know where the hell they were, right? So I said, uh, where are you trying to go? And they were, they were really happy. They didn't even ask, right? Say, where, where are you trying to go? Uh, you're, you're obviously not from here. <laughs> so where are you from, right? Where are you trying to go? And so then, then it was like, okay, so where we're trying to go to the market. They said, okay, well, to go, go to the market, go in that direction. Well, hell, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you there. And so we, we walked to the market and I went <laughs> and got my tea, right? It's just little things, right? Or even there's litter on the sidewalk. I don't like litter that much. I'll, I'll pick it up and put it in the garbage can. Right? It's like just small stuff, you know, and you know, if 8 billion people all did a little thing every day, you know how many things will get done? Holy smokes. Every day, you know, every day, one thing that makes the, the earth a little cleaner, that makes the makes it a little less polluted, maybe, maybe one of the ways I can help is eat more organic and eat less pesticide sprayed foods. Why? Because I'm taking my energy out of the company that makes pesticides that pollute the planet. And I get better health on top of that. Double, double, I'm double dipping on helping here. Right. And, you know, or, or, you know, a kid, and there's some things you can't do because some people don't want to, don't want to have anything to do with you. Well, that if you can't help them, you help somebody else. Do you know, it's like, you know, uh, I like to, when I hang around with people, I like to laugh because laugh, laughing is light, right? So, and it makes, it breaks, uh, sometimes it breaks patterns, you know, heavy, serious patterns. Yeah. So I, I would joke about stuff all the time. I'm talking about, you know, and then sometimes we get into really deep stuff, you know, and I just, you know, but I can only do that as, a, as an extension of what I've been able to accomplish within my own being. And that's all has to do with self experience, yeah. presence or inner presence. And that's why stillness practice of all the things I do, the most important thing I do every day is I spend an hour, sometimes two if I can, just being quiet in my own space. You know, and I, so, so I go, how still can I become? Like, how still can I become? How deep can I go into that stillness? 
How long can I stay there? And then how lightly can I breathe? And how evenly? And what shows up in that space? Right? There's other ways, there are other techniques, but that's just like one of them, you know, it's like, yeah, how still can you get? You know, and it's kind of like a game, you know, why would it become still? Well, when you played hide and seek when you're a little kid, you know, and you only had 10 seconds before, you know, why countdown, right? You hear the countdown and you're not quite hidden. So what did you do? Well, you couldn't, <clears throat> because you'd get caught immediately, right? You couldn't walk or try to run anymore because you break a stick and the sound will give you away. So what do you do? You stop, you still. And if you cannot breathe, you even not breathe. Right? So how still can you become? And it's kind of like that, hide, hide and seek, right? Only the only difference is that when you do that, that hide and seek for yourself and you become as still as you can, you will find yourself, right? Nobody else will find you, but you'll find yourself. And, and it's not important that other people find you. It's important that you find yourself because your gift is within you. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome gift. Even, even when you're having a meltdown, there's this, you know, but of course, if you knew how, if you feel that gift, how, how incredible that gift is, of course, you wouldn't melt down because if you say, well, things change, let them change. I, I, I'm not here to make things that change, not change. <laughs> you know, that's a fool's errand, right? That's a Sisyphus errand, right? You know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get older. You know, I, I don't want you to talk to me like that. <laughs> you know, you know, I, 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 I want there. I, I never want the political system to change. You know, I want things to be the way they were when I was twenty. You know, so like, no, this you, you're a moving feast, but. The unchangeable, that is your foundation, that is your greatest, most beautiful experience, will be there and will not change. So you have you so you so you dance a dance on a stage of complete peace. Right? Contentment it, is the foundation. Yeah. And it would yeah. change everything, it would change our world. If each of us lived like that. Well, yeah, and you can't make anybody else do it. So that's another one of those things you can't force, right? Yeah. But it'll change your world because you have 100% jurisdiction over the space your body occupies. Mm. And you can bring your focus there and you can become present to that. Pretty powerful. Seems, <laughs> seems like a pretty good purpose to me. <laughs> Right? It's not selfish because you, nobody else can experience the gift for you. In fact, it makes you less selfish because when you feel cared for, because you do the homework and, you're, and you live at home, then you're free to help. And it's not about the money and it's not about the conditions and it's not just because the help is needed. You just do it. Mm -hmm. That's not selfish. You become less selfish when you take time for yourself. Right, but somebody told you, you know, you know who yeah. told you? You know who told you that it was selfish to spend time with yourself? All the people who want to enroll you in their agenda. Yes. And then they want you to work for them and they don't want you to ever be satisfied. So you you know, so you and they'll push you, push you, push you. 
And some people enrich themselves on you having been miseducated to think that it was that it's selfish to spend time enjoying the gift of life you were given, not by them, but by the universe. Join us for part two coming soon, where Udo gives us more of what makes life so fulfilling, but he also gets into a story of essential fatty acids. What are good fats? What are bad fats? And some really important information. So join us for part two. If you've enjoyed the information in this episode, share it with someone you care about and know will benefit. There is one thing for certain, meltdowns are inevitable. Let's move into mastery together. In the show notes, you'll find my link tree, which has links to many of the most popular platforms. You'll also find links to connect to the featured guest, webpage and social media. Thanks again for being committed to mastery. Change in this world really starts within each of us.